Good day, I'm Martin Webb, and welcome to the twice-monthly Climate Report, broadcasting the first and third Tuesday of every month at 6.30 p.m., only here on KVMR. Today we talk about some sobering news, followed by personal climate change solutions. But first, a quiz. I was blessed uh, to give a talk a year ago. I was asked to give a talk to the um, local chapter of the uh, America, the Association uh, for the American Association of University Women, AAUW. You can actually find it on on YouTube, I believe, if you searched under AAUW, Martin Webb, Nevada County Chapter. And they asked me to talk about climate change, and I was really um, um, honored and grateful and uh, put together a PowerPoint presentation and uh, really spoke to the women in the audience because I personally believe that um, women, women's equality um, and, and offsetting 10,000 years of inequality is vitally important to this climate change situation. Um, and as a reminder, the views and opinions expressed are those of the speaker, not necessarily those of KVMR staff, management board, or contributors. Um, but my personal opinion is that the imbalance that we see outside is, is uh, you know, a direct reflection and result of, of millennia of uh, humankind putting um, one half of our brain power away and not allowing it to be a part of the progress of science, math, education, all of these different things. I'm talking about women. And uh, so when it came time to talk to the American Association of University Women, I, I was just thrilled um, to to work on empowering this, uh, quickly getting this balance in place. But what I did at the beginning of the talk is I decided I would I would uh, give this quiz and uh, ask people to answer the questions. And then at the end of the talk, I would say what the answers were and ask them to maybe revisit how they might answer them differently. And I thought this would be interesting to give to you, the listener. So um, there's two parts, uh, actually three parts. There's a quiz on people. I've got four questions on people. I have four questions on perceptions and four questions on politics. So three Ps, people, perceptions, and politics. And the reason I do this is because there's uh, such little awareness really about how much awareness there is. Um, our, our national media tends to not really do this issue the service that it needs to, hence the Climate Report here on KVMR. Now, there is one place that is doing a heap of uh, information and providing services on this, and that's the Yale Program on Climate Communication, um, Yale University. Since 2008, the Yale Program on Climate Communication surveys Americans on their own personal response to climate change. And at the time, this was one year ago, so the data is going to be about a year or so old. Things have changed slightly since then. But at the time that I gave this quiz, the most recent data was coming from September 2021. And uh, keep in mind that the Yale Program on Climate Communication has identified six different types of Americans, six different types, from the dismissive to the alarmed. The dismissive, they firmly and adamantly believe global warming is not happening or any threat, and often they think it's a hoax. That's the dismissive, which is different than doubtful, okay? There's dismissive and then there's doubtful. Doubtful believe that global warming is happening, but they think it's just a natural cycle, so they don't think about it much or consider it serious. They think this is normal and no big deal with no action really needed. So 
Dismissive again, firmly and adamantly believe global warming is not even happening, nor is it a threat. They believe it's a hoax. Please separate that category of American from doubtful, who believe global warming is indeed happening. They just think it's a natural cycle. So there's nothing to be done. The next up the ladder is disengaged. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're listening to the climate report, so you're engaged. But it's important to remember that um, there is a segment of the population that know little about global warming living in a cocoon where they never or rarely hear about it. So there are the disengaged, which is different than dismissive. It's not real. Which is different than doubtful. It's real, but it's not us. Then there's the disengaged. I didn't even know it was a thing. Okay, then next, so that's the bottom three. Dismissive, then doubtful, then disengaged. Then the top three categories, next up is cautious. These are people that have not made up their minds yet since they aren't sure. Is global warming happening? Is it human caused? Is it serious? These aren't the skeptics and the doubters. They just aren't sure and they're often confused. Okay, so think of those as sort of like the swing votes, you know, the independents in the middle. You've got your extremes and the cautious are like, I know something's going on. I just, this is very confusing to me and I don't know what to do. So that's the cautious, which is different than disengaged who aren't even paying attention. All right. Then at the top, we have the concerned. The concerned are similar to uh, who we're going to mention last, which are, are called the alarmed. But the concerned tend to believe that climate impacts are still distant in time and space, so it's not as much of a priority. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you might know those types of folks. You might be one of those yourself. Um, you're concerned. You believe you know what's happening. You've listened to the show. You know that the science is the science. And what's fascinating is people that think these are natural cycles. I always like to say, well, it's interesting because where did we get that information on natural cycles? Where did it come from? Because none of us have lived thousands of years or millions of years in the past. We each have, you know, at, at best about 100 years to put in on the planet. So how do we even know that there were these natural cycles in the past? And how do we know that? Climate scientists. Yeah. And those exact same people are the ones saying this isn't a natural cycle. So I always point that out because they can't both be right and wrong at the same time. If you believe that there are natural cycles in the climate in history, then you believe climate scientists know what they're talking about. And they also are saying this is absolutely abnormal and the science has made it abundantly clear. So concerned people, though, they believe all of this. They understand this. They see it. But different from the alarmed, these are people who are just a notch below taking action because they're like, you know what, meh, I see that this is an issue, but it doesn't really impact me. It's something out in the future. All right. So then we've got the top of the heap, the alarmed. They are convinced global warming is happening. It is human caused. It is an urgent threat. And they strongly support climate action policies. I hope that's you. I hope that this show allows you to be aware and inspires you to take action. We're not trying to be uh, fear-based anger. We're not trying to, um, you know, be doomsayers. It's just about playing our part, not waiting for someone else to play your part. So now here's the quiz on people. Now that you've got those six categories, let me run through them again. Since 2008, for 15, 16 years now, the Yale Program on Climate Communication surveys Americans, and they've put them into six groups on climate. Dismissive, firmly and adamantly believe it's not happening, it's a hoax. Doubtful, they believe it's happening, but they think it's natural and it's not serious. Disengaged, they don't know. Cautious, I'm not sure. Concerned, yeah, this is definitely an issue, but I'm busy. 
and then alarmed. Convinced global warming is happening, human-caused urgent threat. They strongly support climate action policies. Okay, you ready for the pop quiz now? Question number one. Which category out of those six, alarmed, concerned, cautious, disengaged, doubtful, dismissive, which category do you think has the largest representation of people surveyed? This is September 2021. Now, out of these six groups, no single one is the majority. No one is a, None of these six categories is over 50%, but one of them is the largest out of all of them. And, uh, and again, from top to bottom, it's alarmed, followed by concerned, followed by cautious, followed by disengaged, followed by doubtful, followed by dismissive. Which category do you think has the largest percent of the population? The answer, alarmed. Mm-hmm. Alarmed. The single largest category is the top, alarmed. Question number two, as a percentage of people surveyed back in September 21, what level do you think dismissive reached? Okay, so we know now that the number one, the largest group are alarmed, which is at the top. Now the very bottom are the dismissive. They're like, the man, it's not happening. It's not a threat. It's a hoax. And sometimes they talk like this. I don't know why I'm talking like this. Um, so as a question number two, as a percentage of people surveyed, what percent what level do you think the dismissive the worst of the worst reached i'm going to give you six choices to choose from mm -hmm. which of these percents are dismissive how what percent of americans surveyed are at the very bottom is it 33 percent is it 25 percent 17 10 9 5 yeah, it's down there in the single digits, you guys. Dismissive at the time was all the way down there at the bottom at 9%. 9%, 9 9% of Americans. That means 91% of Americans are not in the dismissive. I say this, and this is why I do this show, is because if you, like me, have spent a lot of your time paying attention to mass media, that's not the message you're getting, is it? Mm -mm. No. We're being led to believe that the dismissive in the hoax is uh, a large part uh, or half of America. And this is where politics makes things confusing. Because, you know, you might have this uh, horrible uh, situation where you've got, you know, someone that, that is voting for someone that might be against the climate, but they themselves believe in the climate. So you can't really paint everyone with the same brush if they're forced to vote for a candidate when they feel like they have no other options. Um, so dismissive is very single, very small digits. The other point there being, we've talked about research in the past that shows once you hit a certain um, volume of population being aware of a situation, that's the tipping point. And about 25 to 30%, once you get about one fourth to one third of the population being aware and taking action, you reach a tipping point and it socially spreads from there. So we already have the alarmed at 33%. As a percent of people, what level do you think alarmed reached out of those numbers? They were the 33%. Dismissive, 9%. Yeah, amazing, huh? It should, it should fill people with some hope and some understanding that um, we don't actually need to worry about arguing or fussing with the dismissive. They're coming along with the change, whether they like it or not. 
Uh, question number four then is during the years of 2017 to 2021, out of those six categories, five of them shrank. 2017 to 2021, major climate uh, effects all around the world and around the country. Five of the categories shrank as a percentage of American population, while one almost doubled. Which of those categories? Dismissive, doubtful, disengaged, cautious, concerned, alarmed. It was alarmed. Alarmed. Spoiler alert, you guys. Okay? So, that's uh, the quiz on people to make it clear that uh, we've reached a tipping point. Don't let the media stories fool you. Okay, then the quiz on perceptions. Several universities, Princeton, Yale, Bath, Boston College, Indiana University, they've produced research data based on surveys that gauge how often people are talking about climate change. And we talk about that here a lot on the Climate Report. It's really become a crisis of communication. We have all the, the solutions we need, the technologies, the funding, the ideas, the people, the wherewithal. Um, we're just not talking about it. And if you don't talk about an issue, you're not going to solve it. So um, the important thing when people are sometimes ask me what to do for climate action is just talk about it, but figure out how to talk about it, not in a way that's threatening or scary. But check this out. Okay, you ready to have your minds blown? Four questions on perceptions. So what percent of Americans surveyed support climate policies like funding clean energy research, regulating carbon dioxide as a pollutant, solar and EV tax rebates, and even teaching climate in schools? What percent of Americans surveyed, this is September 2021, support climate policies, clean energy, regulating carbon dioxide, solar and EV tax rebates, teaching it in schools. Did I trigger everyone with that? Teaching it in schools. Are you feeling triggered yet? We've all been trained to be triggered by that. Okay, so here's the choices for that answer. The percentage of Americans surveyed that support climate policy. Is it 20 to 30 percent? Is it 35 to 45 percent? Is it 40 to 50? Ooh, that's close to majority. Is it 55 to 65? That's almost two-thirds of American. Or is it 70 to 80 percent of Americans surveyed support climate policies like funding clean energy research, regulating CO2, tax rebates, teaching in schools? The answer, 70 to 80 percent. 70 to 80 percent of Americans surveyed support those climate policies. Yeah, not a lot of disagreement there. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Next question, uh, pop quiz on perceptions. What percent of Americans surveyed say that they discuss global warming, quote, at least occasionally, at least occasionally? What percent of Americans surveyed say they discuss it at least occasionally? 35%. I'm not going to give you the, I'm, I'm not going to give you the choice. I'm just going to tell you 35%. Only one third of Americans say they discuss it at least occasionally. What percent of Americans surveyed say they hear about global warming at least once a week in the media? That's uh, 33%. So what's interesting is one-third of Americans are alarmed. One-third of Americans are talking about it. One-third of Americans are hearing about it in the media. Well, the other two-thirds of Americans say that they rarely talk about it or hear about it. So that begs the question, if one-third of Americans are talking about it all the time, regularly, and the other two-thirds aren't, then who are that third talking to? If the other two-thirds never hear about it, who is that one-third talking to? Themselves. Mm -hmm. It's something that I, uh, I, I talk about. I'm part of different email groups. And boy, you've never seen people interested in energy and climate create such insular email threads of excitement amongst themselves. And um, my purpose has been to encourage people to talk more to those of us 
around us because we've reached that tipping point and people are ready to talk about it. And let's think about the kids. Okay, last question for the quiz on perceptions. Research links youth psychological distress to government inaction on climate change. That's research is linking youth psychological distress directly to government inaction on climate change. So there was a survey done globally, uh, dozens of countries all around the world. What percent of teens and young adults surveyed believe that, quote, the future is frightening? They believe that statement in quotes. That was the sur what the survey asked. Do you believe the future is frightening? 75% of teens and young adults surveyed around the world agreed with that statement. And again, research links youth psychological distress to government inaction on climate change. So if you're an adult listening right now, I'm a father and, uh, and I'm in touch with youth of uh, kids and, and young adults. They're stressed because they don't hear us talking about it. And they're looking around going, no one's talking about it. No one's doing anything about it. So look, as adults, it's important to, you know, figure out ways to chat about it and talk about it. So for example, I've used this example before. You could be sitting at a restaurant and you're thinking about what to order and someone's like, hey, hey, what are you going to eat? And you might say, mm, you know, I was looking at, I was looking at the chicken, but I think I'm going to get fish because I'm trying to eat more for the climate now. And, uh, and that, that can make a big difference. And then you just go about the rest of the evening. It's not a lecture. It's not a finger wag. It's just like when uh, someone's on a diet and they're eating healthier, you just make a casual mention. You don't tell other people why they should do it. You just shine your light. All right. Last four questions. Quiz on politics. Uh, what percent reduction of climate emissions is the stated U.S. government goal by the end of this decade? Is it 10 percent, 20 percent, 30, 40 or 50 percent emissions reduction by the end of this decade? It's 50 percent. We're supposed to chop our emissions in half this decade by the end of this decade. And that sounds like a lot, but we've talked about it before. Here's an easy way to think about it. You ready? We're going to break this down real simple. If you're trying to reduce something by 50% over 10 years, which is what science is saying. That's 7% a year over a decade. If you reduce 7% every year over 10 years, by the end of that decade, you've cut things in half. Now think about that. When you think about cutting your lifestyle and your emissions and your consumptions in half, it can get scary because we're, we're so trained to consume and be dependent. But when you think about just 7% a year reduction, you get to still do 93% of what you already do. Just figure out how to reduce it by 7% a year. And then we get to that 50%. Okay, spoiler alert though, we're already a third of the way through the decade. So if you haven't started, you're going to have to do more like 10 to 15% a year, but it's going to be fine. Okay, so the recent climate bill then, here's the next question. How close will last year's climate bill get us to that emissions reduction goal. Does it get us all the way there? Did the politicians solve it and we can just kick back and buy things? That's what Americans tend to want. Tell me what to buy. I can't wait to shop our way out of this. Well, it turns out that um, Congress and the US federal government built basically a five-story ladder to an eight-story fire. So they get us most of the way there, but we have to make up the gap. And furthermore, most of that climate bill requires individuals to take action. They're not just going to come deliver stuff to you for free, okay? So we have to act on that climate bill, and we have to even go farther. Plan to change. Plan to change. I know most of us are planning tomorrow to be just like today, so we plan our lives around that being the same. 
plan to change though. Okay, now last uh, next last question. Every year there's a conference of parties, a COP just happened at the end of last year. We're almost 200 countries who signed the Paris Accord and as I uh, cheekishly call it, it's the largest world's largest gathering of failed climate leaders. And last year, how many countries were on track to meet their promises out of 200 countries? Did 108 or 108 on track? 79, 43, 16 or 1? Those were the choices. And if you guessed 1, then you're correct. Only one government is actually on track to do it, they said, out of 200. And uh, the U.S. is not one of those. But we are going to do what we can. And the last question is, based on all current global pledges to date, everything that the politicians are willing to do, remembering that politicians are designed to keep the system running. They don't get into that place that they're out of power. If you haven't been trained on how the system operates, and not only how to run it, but how to grow it, you get that right like this everything's supposed to keep growing more consuming more buying more spending more waste and that's what they're trained to do so they don't really know how to do other stuff but we do we can adapt really quickly so adding up all the pledges to date they're going to burn the place down the current global plan for governments and politicians is to burn the planet up to three degrees celsius by the end of the century our job is to wag our fingers and say, no, you're not, you silly geese. Okay, so here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to skip um, some of the sobering news, although here I'll just give you the headlines. There's an article in the Atlantic that says why the U.S. is pumping more oil than any other country in history. That's right. Under Joe Biden. Actually, Obama and Biden. If you, uh, I am famous uh, when I was on Facebook. I just quit Facebook. Uh, I'm famous for putting this graph that shows under the two oil men of Bush and Cheney, oil production was kind of meh, even downward trend. But once Obama and Biden got in office and fracking started up, boy, we began to be the number one producer. And now under Joe Biden, we're not just the number one producer on the planet. We are pumping more oil out of the ground in America than any other country has in the history of this planet. Yeah, you can, t Saudi Arabia, Middle East, whoever, whatever, right now, we are pumping more oil than any other country in history. Yeah, Google that. It's in the Atlantic. Mm -hmm. um, more, millions more barrels than Russia or Saudi Arabia ever have. And we now account for almost a fifth of the world's population. Okay, so um, another headline here, it says the world will look back at 2023 as the year humanity exposed its inability to tackle the climate crisis, scientists said. Um, there is James Hansen, the former NASA scientist uh, who's famous for talking to Congress back in 1988. Um, he is saying that when our children and grandchildren look back at the history of human-made climate change this year, next will be seen as the turning point at which the futility of governments in dealing with climate change was finally exposed. He said not only did governments fail to stem global warming, the rate of warming actually accelerated he said the bright side of this clear dichotomy is that young people may realize that they must take charge of their future and the turbulent status of today's politics may actually provide that opportunity and create the opening while the old folks fight over the old ways of doing things so um yeah the climate scientists are saying it's clear governments we can't rely on governments they're not doing what they're supposed to we've given them all the science and uh they're not trained to govern based on science okay this isn't like a surprise to any of you right they're trained to govern based on money and power yeah 
Again, the views and opinions expressed are those of the speaker, not necessarily those of KVMart staff management board or contributors. Uh, Red alert in Antarctica is another headline. The year that rapid dramatic change hit climate scientists like a punch in the guts. Okay, but we've got solutions. Small swaps to climate-friendly diet can significantly reduce your carbon footprint and improve your health. We've been saying this over and over. Most of the solutions to this issue make us save money, make us happier, make us healthier. It's, it's going to be okay, okay? Just begin raising awareness and making switches. Small swaps to climate-friendly diet. You don't even have to give up meat. Just start backing away from the beef backing away from the meat and eating it as little as possible. That's what the research says. Um, there's also nature-based solutions are absolutely crucial. We're not going to technologically um, convert the planet into goods our way out of this. Um, tree planting to sponge cities. Nature holds the key to protecting humanity. Here, here's what I want to leave you with. Before I, I read a couple of inspirational uh, pages here from uh, this book. Metaphors and analogies work for me. Here's what I believe is going on. Imagine that, um, for a second with me, get your creative hats on. Imagine that we're all on this fantastic uh, airplane, this magnificent airship, spaceship, if you will. And it, it's got everything we need on it. And we're all comfy and we're flying along and it, it self uh, recycles its own waste and creates more energy and provides us with what we need. But, but, one day somebody figures out that if we start dismantling parts of this craft, start taking parts of it away, we can actually get really comfortable. We can feel really super comfortable, feel really good. Yeah. And so we start taking apart the airplane because it actually makes the trip a little bit more fun and more comfy. Yeah, this is cool. However, the people that are making money off of dismantling the craft that we're living on, they're getting fatter and fatter and fatter and, and more and more out of balance with what the aircraft needs because they are more comfortable than all of us. They can't even hear us, as a matter of fact. They are so comfy, they can't even see and hear what's going on. All they know is that the more they dismantle the airplane, the better they feel. And the more that they dismantle the airplane, the more fun we have. But the people in charge of monitoring the airplane have told us Hey, 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 you're taking so much from it, it's starting to crash. It's starting to crash. We've gone too far. We're taking apart the airplane. Now, the person that's living high on the hog and making money off of taking apart the airplane, they're not inclined to stop. They're inclined to keep going. And it's those of us in the middle that really have the ability to shift the dial on this. Is the people at the top they don't want to change and they're not willing to change. And the people at the bottom are so poor, they're actually carbon neutral. We've talked about that. Research shows that poor people live a carbon neutral life. The issue is those of us in the middle. We have the time, we have the inclination, and we're here with the solutions. So individual action is important. Communicating about it, talking about it, not hiding it. Now you can feel safe and comfortable. It's really only a tiny amount of people that are dismissive. And a lot of people are hungry for info. So I'm going to close with a page from a one day at a time climate action inspiration. For January 1st, it starts off, even though today's the second, balance. The key, when it comes to personal climate action, it's best to think of it not so much as stopping or fighting against someone or something else, but more of pursuing the goal of balance. If anything, it's stopping ourselves. 
in balance with nature, our surroundings, our community, our inner nature, balance with wants versus needs, and balance with our appetites. One of the primary lessons nature has to offer as an operating system is the vital importance of maintaining a balance between day and night, summer and winter, hot and cold, wet and dry, predator and prey, high tide, low tide, death and rebirth. Not much stays static, but everything somehow stays in balance. So when we're unbalanced emotionally, we're also harder on the climate. We do more compulsive shopping. We overeat more. We waste more. We overparty and overindulge more. We spend more time online consuming and more time avoiding healthy habits. We tend to be stressed, leave late, drive fast, and jackrabbit start and stop. All of that contributes to our share of the crisis. So if we're out of balance, we tend to take it out on the climate eventually. Being more in balance is how nature wants us. We are better to ourselves and the environment. When we are in balance, that's the ultimate goal. So today I will observe how my behavior can be influenced by my emotions when they're out of balance and how that can affect the climate. Today I'll focus on being in balance. Well, that's all for today's Climate Report, broadcasting and podcasting here on KVMR FM and at KVMR.org every first and third Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. I'm Martin Webb. As always, today's show will be archived and posted to KVMR's website podcast page. For questions or comments, feel free to send an email to me at climatereport at kvmr.org. And we'll be back the third Tuesday in January of this new year, 2024, the year that personal climate action is really going to start taking off.